Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Okay, guys, I am super excited for today's podcast. I'm number one, just because this is the second time we've attempted recording this episode. We had lots of fun technical glitches last time. So it's a miracle we have been able to get this far. But today we are talking with Courtney Marie, who is a brand and web designer and one of my really good friends in this space for a few years now. So Courtney, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to have you on. Thank Um, you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And so Courtney and I have, like I said, known each other for a while. I actually used to be way back in the days an OBM for Courtney when she was a health and fitness coach. And so we're going to dive into all of that today on today's episode and uh, really kind of get into the nitty gritty of like some of the changes she's made in her business and really what brought her to where she is. So Court, I'd love for you to just kind of tell me, um, tell everyone, cause I obviously know most of it, <laughs> but tell everyone a little bit about you, um, talk about your own story, what you do and kind of what led you to where you are today. Yeah. Well, happy to be here. Uh, my name's Courtney. I go by Courtney, Marie, Courtney, whatever. I'm a web designer. I used to be, I started in this space as a personal trainer. Long story short, I started in the MLM space, which led to fitness coaching, personal training. I actually went to college for graphic design, advertising, and public relations. So full circle, pivoted from personal training to web design, which started out as a Kajabi virtual assistant after working at Kajabi. I left there, started helping people online with the back end of their Kajabi. I mean, um, I would always like ping you messages. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'd be like, how do I do this in Kajabi and like, help me? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. well, shoot, I should just roll with this yep. and make some extra money. <laughs> and my design kind of came back through and I fell in love with web design on my own terms, helping people really build websites that help scale their business. So yeah, what started as a solopreneur is now a web design agency mm-hmm. within two years. Well, I started that within a year, but it's just crazy how things come full circle. Yeah, it is. And I think we were actually talking about this not so long ago because both of us made you know, pivots and changes in our business. You know, like I mentioned, I started out in this space as an OBM, or if you're not familiar with that term, it's an online business manager. And since then I pivoted my business to specialize in systems. So for me, it's been super amazing making that switch. And honestly, one of the best decisions I made, because it just feels more aligned with what I personally enjoy. You know, I kind of extracted the pieces of my previous, you know, quote unquote role or job, Mm -hmm. um, extracted what I loved And that kind of is how I developed and made that pivot in my business. So I'm curious if you kind of want to talk a little bit more about what led you to make that pivot or that change and what made you finally decide, okay, like this is my stopping point. Like I can't do this in the fitness and health coaching anymore. I want to go full on into web design because I know that was like a conflicting decision for you for a really long time. And it's a leap of faith, right? It's like, you're completely changing the structure of your business. And when things like income, you know, to be able to financially live, Mm -hmm. you know, is dependent upon, you know, what you're doing and to be able to make that change, it's scary. So if you want to talk a little bit more about what led you to make that change. Yeah, it was definitely a leap of faith. And also 
being okay with letting go of what I thought was a plan for my life because I thought personal training, fitness, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like I almost tied my identity to that. Mm -hmm. And my ego was like, no, this is who you are. Yeah. But I had this other skill set that I was using for my own business and people kept coming to me for like something that I wasn't even utilizing as much. And honestly, I just, after looking back, I think God was telling me, hey, you have this other skill set that you need to, you know, go explore, go see what you could do with it. Maybe fitness, you come back to it. Because at the time, I kind of lost my passion for fitness. I went through a back injury. You know, if you've gone through an injury in the fitness space, like it's very hard to help others when you can't help yourself. And so I went through that and I just, the whole money, I felt fitness. I didn't like selling people on something that they didn't truly want for themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm very like, you either want to work with us or you don't. I'm not going to sit here and convince you because Mm -hmm. if I sell you on something and then it's not a good working relationship, it just feels icky. So like, This was just a lot easier to be fully transparent. This was a lot easier than selling a coaching package in my case. And it was like, hey, this allows me to do a skill that I love and that I'm passionate about and that I don't have to pull someone's finger to work with me. Um, And I kind of just leaped. Like I had a lot of people telling me, you told me I had other people like, Courtney, you need to do this. And I think I finally just like, okay, I'm just going to try it, see what happens. Yeah. And I never looked back. Yeah. I think what you said too, in the very beginning about it being tied to your ego in terms of, you know, that's what you identified with in your life for so long, being a major piece in that I can kind of relate to that too, because, you know, my entire life, I was an athlete, right? I was an athlete. I did gymnastics. I did volleyball. Like I played in high school and I had scholarships to play in college and, And then I got to college and I had to determine a major and I was like, well, obviously it's gotta be like fitness or like health and, you know, exercise science or something like that. That's what I do. That's all I know. But I wasn't opening myself up to other facets or like pieces of myself that I hadn't really explored much because that's all that I knew for myself. And that was scary. And that even kind of like comes back down to, you know, what I do now, it's completely out of left field of, if you would have told me when I was in high school or in college, like, Hey, this is what you're going to be doing for a living. I I literally would have laughed in your face. I'm like, okay, first of all, remote work. What is that? That wasn't even a thing back then, but you know, just being a boss. Yeah. Being a boss (laughs) like that managing. No, thanks. Yeah. It just was not up my alley of what I ever pictured or envisioned what my life was going to look like. But I think, you know, you touching on that in terms of just being open, being open to change, because I think you know, even when I started my business, I had started it with the intention of, okay, well, I want to be location independent and I want to travel and I want to go do all these things. And I did do those things for a little bit and they were great. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I met my now husband and we settled down and we got married and now we have a baby and those priorities and things shifted and changed. And at first I'm like, my ego was like, Courtney, you failed. Like, that's not why you started your business. Like you wanted to travel and do all these things. 
but it's not failing it's evolution of our life and our business is allowing that evolution too, because we've built these businesses for us to be able to determine what our lifestyle looks like. And I think we are the biggest things in the way of allowing that to happen and like looking at it as not like a failure, right? It's just a part of change and evolving as people and as business owners. So I thought it was, you know, really interesting that you say it, that, you know, it was tied to my ego and it was hard for me to let go. And I was almost resisting change because I was comfortable where I was. Um, And I cared what other people thought. Yeah. Like fully transparent, like that's the ego, like it's keeping you safe. Like you said, it's about the journey. Like what truly matters, what mattered to me was being able to work for myself, have financial freedom, Mm -hmm. live in a different location than my family, but also be able to travel, like go home whenever I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And a nine to five wouldn't do that for me. Yep. And so it doesn't matter what the, is vessel the right word? What the (laughs) tool is to get there. It's about the journey and like, why do you want this in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. And we, I think we've talked about this too before. We're both from really small towns in the Midwest. And I think that kind of plays to, you know, our caring about like how people yeah. saw us or like what that looked like, because, you know, when you're from a small town, everyone knows everything about oh, everyone. Yeah. And, and, and they always has every- opinion. <laughs> yeah. They always have an opinion. And so I think it like from a young age, I was kind of ingrained in us to really be cognizant or aware of what other people were thinking because fall in well, line. Yeah. Fall in line because, Oh, if you don't, they're going to go back and they're going to tell your mom or they're going to have something to say, or, you know, or to your grandparents or your cousin's cousin, or, you know, <laughs> it, you know, it, it can go all the way back, you know, small town and the roots run deep. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think we both kind of had that same experience and I think I was scared too. Like when I first left my job and I know my family was concerned, right. Because it's like, Oh, you're leaving this cozy corporate yeah. job or, you know, with a health insurance and 401k to go work on your own. Be careful. Good luck. I hope that works. (laughs) Yeah. Let us know how that goes. But you know, I think getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is like the biggest thing that you can do in situations like that. And like being open to pivoting and changing. And, you know, I guess I'll kind of like lead that into our next question, which is kind of like going, you know, a little in depth about what you do. You know, you specialize in Kajabi and we know that's probably one of your favorite platforms, but what are your favorite, some of your favorite things about Kajabi and why do you really recommend it to your community and clients? And I'll also touch on show it because I know that you started introducing show it. So I'll ask, I'll talk about that next. I know Kajabi was your first baby with your business in terms of like your services that you were offering. So, yeah. Um, so I really niched down into Kajabi specifically, like that's all that I knew, you know, going back to college, what was it? Dreamweaver? Uh, Oh, heck no. (laughs) I cried in that class. Yeah. But, you know, I started my online business with Kajabi. It's all that I knew. I felt that I caught on really quickly. You know, a lot of people can if you sit down and take the time to learn it and consistently learn it. I think the biggest thing with web design is kind of like playing instruments. Once you stop doing it, you have to relearn and retrain yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's the same thing with platforms. But Kajabi specifically, when I worked there, I loved seeing like the average person make $30,000 a month. Yeah. Just from an online course, like teaching people how to draw. I was like, what in the world? (laughs) And so I saw a gap where there's this awesome platform, these awesome people, creators, but they just need someone to help them with their Kajabi. Yeah. And what I love about Kajabi so much is the all-in-one aspect. Mm-hmm. It's 
the website, the landing pages, the email marketing, the blog, course, payment processor, all in one place. Mm-hmm. My brain is like, thank you. Thank yeah. you yeah. for doing this. Yes. Because think about it. If your traditional website platform, and we can talk about show it later, just website or just website and a blog. And then you have to go find all these other platforms to connect it to this one platform. By the time you're done with it all, you may have eight different platforms going on to run one process, one business, one system. Mm -hmm. And Kajabi really took care of that. You know, yes, they don't have, you know, a lot of capabilities in certain aspects, but I do think they do a good job for, the average person who's just wanting to start an online yeah. business or just wanting to get started, yeah. I think they do a really good job at creating a platform that's very user-friendly on the front end and the back end mm-hmm. and very clean. Yeah. I would agree with that because we used Kajabi for a really long time for our business as well. That's, I think the biggest reason we did was because we're always a big proponent of a lean platform or a lean system, right? Like there's no need to have a million and one things when one tool can do most of them. That's why we use ClickUp, right? That's why Mm -hmm. we love ClickUp because it's the project management tool from that perspective that we, you know, think does a really, really good job of that. And so I totally agree, like, especially for a lot of, you know, business owners are, visionaries or like, you know, very passion project oriented, maybe not the most tech savvy and just, you yeah. know, are not really as interested in that side of the business or just don't want to spend the time there because that's not where their passion lies. Yep. And so I think Kajabi does a really good job in giving them the ability to still run a lean, well thought out business simply so that they can still have the time to focus on those passion projects or that visionary side of their business without being so inundated with all these other platforms and technology and how do we connect them? And, oh, this link broke. And I don't know, even know where to yep. go troubleshoot it. Cause we're using 10 other platforms. I don't even know where it's broken. You exactly. Know? Um, so I totally see that. And I think, you know, when I worked, I don't even remember what year it was, everything meshes together. (laughs) But at the time that I was working there, they were promoting, hey, you can get an online course up in a weekend and start selling it. Yeah, that was their big push. And I think that still works today. But it's a great platform. You want to start a course, you want to start making money? Great. You can actually start a business in a weekend or in yeah. a day if you really wanted to. Yep. Yeah. I think that's 1000%, you know, the reason that we went with it too. Like it's just because mm-hmm. it is just simple. And we on our team, we're like, okay, we want to get shit done, right? We don't exactly. have time to mess around. No. Like we just want to get stuff done. And I think the job you really allowed us to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. I love, love it as a platform. And then I know you mentioned you recently introduced Show It as a platform. We also use Show It. We love it. It's for our website. Um, we love Show It just because you know, for us, it's, we're not designers, right? We're not web designers. And so for us, it's made it easy for us to make, you know, small tweaks and changes here and there when we need to. So do you want to kind of talk about or elaborate on a little bit? What are some of your favorite things about show it and the reasons that you would either recommend show it over Kajabi or vice versa? Yeah. So I'll talk about it from a designer's perspective. So like I said, we niched down to Kajabi. We got really good at one platform before we added on another. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew that going into it. Anytime you have an offer, like get really good at it before you add on another. And so I got to a point where, okay, like I know pretty much everything I need to know about Kajabi. And as a designer, I wanted to challenge myself skill-wise 
even more, but Kajabi wouldn't allow me to do that within its constraints. Mm -hmm. It does have limitations. Now, yes, you can create a beautiful website in Kajabi. We do it all the time. But as a designer, I'm like, I'm a true creative visionary because Mm -hmm. I can see web designs in my head, like Mm -hmm. before I go to bed or I just see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, <laughs> but you and I are very different when it comes to that, because that is literally something I cannot <laughs> do at all, even if I tried. So that is where your brain and my brain are polar opposites because I could see a design and then rebuild it if I wanted to, but to creatively think of a design, it's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. happen. Well, the designs that I want to create, I'm like, there's no way I could do that in Kajabi. Yeah. So for me, I wanted to branch into a platform that allowed me to fully express myself as a designer and really up-level my skill set to provide that to clients, which in turn, you know, helps me increase my rates. And it's just a domino effect. Show It is an amazing platform. Like, I love it because the possibilities are endless as a yeah. designer. I have an open canvas, mm-hmm. and as an artist, like, that is... Amazing. (laughs) It's just another piece, you know, it's an evolution of your business, right? Like we're just talking about evolving, like show it was the next natural step in your business, especially as a designer. Mm -hmm. And I think for the people listening, you know, which platform is right for you. Mm -hmm. If you're a beginner, I would say start with Kajabi. Yep. Now the people who I would recommend show it, I'm a perfect example. Mm -hmm. I had everything on Kajabi. And then I got to a point where we did a rebrand for the agency and I wanted to up-level the website. I wanted to add in certain bells and whistles that I couldn't within Kajabi and really just take it to the next level and really have that high lux experience. So that's when I moved to show it. And also I knew I wanted to get in to show it. So who gets to be the guinea pig? Yeah, your own business naturally. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I needed to know the ins and outs before I took on a show it project. So I would say if you're at a point, like we just had a client, she has one website on Kajabi and has all of her backend stuff there. But we wanted, again, to up-level her brand presence. So we actually moved her front-facing website on to show it. Mm -hmm. And we're releasing that soon. So I'm excited. Probably be sharing that this week or next. But that's a perfect example. So if you're looking for a higher-end brand presence, Mm -hmm. maybe looking to show it. I think it's a great option and something super exciting. I actually just partnered with tonic templates. Yes. Yes, Um, Yeah. I'm super excited. So I'm one of the preferred designers for template customization. So I'm super excited about that to kind of branch into more show it users. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the path that we went on in my business. Like we started out in Kajabi, just like you'd said, like our course was there, email marketing, our website, like, you know, payment processing for the course, everything. And then we just kind of got to a point where we're like, okay, it's time to even up level even further. Right. And that's when we made our transition to show it for our website and just kind of branched out. Like we wanted a little bit more in terms of, you know, email marketing function. And so, you know, we went with active campaign and that was just the natural next progression, right? Like it just naturally made sense for us. We still love Kajabi. Like I would recommend it to anyone. Fantastic tool. You just obviously like with anything, you know, comparing like a project management tool, like Asana is kind of like what I would consider your first. Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. You know, Asana and it gets you only so far, right? And then at that point, it's like, okay, 
then we're going to up level. We're taking our business even further. Our business is growing. It's expanding. We're adding more team members. We're becoming, you know, more of an agency model. Then we would, okay, Hey, it's time to upgrade to click up. It's time to like expand so that we can continue to serve at the level that our business is growing to. I think another point that I'd like to make for show it versus Kajabi, if you are someone listening that you don't plan on having courses or anything mm-hmm. like that, like let's yep. say you're a photographer or a wedding event planner, maybe show it would be better because it's just the website blog. That's all you need to get going and maybe like HoneyBook or something like that. Yep. The issue I have with show it is like I just mentioned, you know, I'm not a creative. So coming up with any type of design. And then it takes so much time. I think that's the big thing. It's And there's a learning curve and show it like there's, I was just talking to one of my designer friends, like about the show it blog Mm -hmm. and I'm learning stuff about the blog show. It is like, yes, there's this open canvas and Mm -hmm. there's so much customization, but for someone who isn't willing to learn all of that, yes. it's like too much. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, totally. it's like, oh my God, I have to change this little thing mm-hmm. and this little thing in versus like Kajabi. It's like, just change one, just one and it takes yeah. care of all of it. Yep. Well, that's exactly like with Asana and ClickUp. ClickUp yeah. is super yep. robust, super feature heavy. Um, and that is sometimes what deters people from utilizing or wanting to move to ClickUp because they're like, oh, it's overwhelming. There's too many bells and whistles and you have to be invested in wanting to learn how to use it to successfully use it for your business. Right. And that's the same thing, but again, that's all part of the progression and up-leveling, you know, in your business, but then you have amazing people like you who you can outsource things like that too. So exactly. I was just going to say that, like, let's say you have a designer to set the foundation, Yeah. just like you, they hire you to do a click up setup foundation. Mm -hmm. Once you have that foundation, then it's much easier to have someone walk you through. Okay. These are the things I need to know versus just diving in by yourself. Yeah, a thousand percent. Sorry to interrupt the flow, but this will be real quick. So if you're looking for the perfect project management tool for your business, then you have to go check out ClickUp. I manage every part of my business from within ClickUp, including launch management, client management, metrics, team, and much, much more. With a user-friendly desktop interface and a mobile app, I can also take ClickUp wherever I go. With ClickUp, you have a complete customization for your business hub and one platform as a centralized station for productivity. If you'd like to get started with ClickUp, all you have to do is click the link below in the show notes and sign up. Now back to the show. And you know, like a huge part of, you know, what we do on our team is always finding the why. And you kind of touched on some of this, you know, talking about really, truly wanting to serve people and like, I'm not here to twist your arm and like, you know, convince you about working together, but what are some of the strategic steps, you know, that you would recommend for clients from an audit perspective, maybe like if you were to go through, like, what do you need to be looking at? Um, to make sure that their website is serving their business? Yeah, good question. Um, so audit wise, you know, you could do this twice a year. You could do this once a year, depend like me. I'm more of a once a year kind yeah, of person <laughs> and then just me update too. it as I go. But there's so much you could go into it. I actually do website audits. Like I go through like my 30 item checklist. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're doing your audit, you're looking at everything from design to layout to copy, and then user experience. Those are like your main categories. So basics that you want to look for, first things first, links. Mm -hmm. Are your links working? Have your VA go in and test all the links because if you find one that's broken, 
you know, obviously you could be losing a sale there. Yep. Second one, is there a way that you are collecting email addresses through like an opt-in, giving something away for free, just building your email list? That would be another one. Yep. And then also going through, you know, are images cut off? Yep. Are they in the page, aligned with the page? Do your texts really stand out like headlines? Are they bold? Are they easy to read? Is the page easy to navigate? And by that, I simply just mean less is more. Yeah. One thing with show it websites that I don't like, some people, there's so much stuff on it. I'm like, let's take this out. Yeah. Because you're actually confusing your viewer. There's so much options. Mm -hmm. Where do you want them to go? So a good website audit or checklist would be like, hey, what does my homepage really do? Where do I want them to go? Is it guiding them where I want them to go? Or am I just kind of showboating or like just putting as much stuff on there as I can to show like, hey, we have it all together. Yeah. Um, maybe have a friend like test your website and simply ask them like, how does my website make you feel? Is it easy to read? Is it easy yeah. to understand mm-hmm. what I do, who I help, and what I offer, mm-hmm. right? Your website, your homepage should above the fold who you are, what you do, who you help. Simple statement to really help people, hey, I'm in the right place or mm-hmm. no, I was looking for graphic design and I'm on an interior design yeah. website. This isn't for me. <laughs> this isn't right. Yeah, I'm in the wrong space. Well, and that I think naturally kind of like leads to the next question is, you know, if people are maybe just getting started in their business or maybe they've had their business for a while and they haven't had a website, right? What are some of the first steps that you would say people should take to prepare for a website build? Like if they were to come to you and say, Hey, I want a website. What are some of the things that makes your life easier from a designer's perspective? What is some of the things that they could be looking at, you know, whether it's their ICA or things like that to really prep, to come into a web design project fleshed out and ready to go. Yeah, good question. And this applies to really if you, you know, work with us or if you're going to DIY yeah. your template, mm-hmm. but essentially you want your branding first. Your branding mm-hmm. is your foundation. Do not go into a website thinking, oh, I'll just pick some colors and yeah. like some fun. I, <laughs> I did that my very first website. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. I don't need branding. And then that really <laughs> bit me in the butt like later when I actually had to, you know, have branding because I, you know, I was trying to go back. I'm like, who's your ideal client? What's your brand about? Mm-hmm. And all of them's like, mm-hmm, I don't know. And then <laughs> guess what? You had it. to go change all of that work yes. that you just did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, branding is the foundation and your brand strategy to your brand assets really set the tone for that. Yeah. Once you have your branding, I'm actually coming out with a free DIY, your brand kit. Yeah. So once you have that, I would say, do you need a photo shoot? Like look Mm -hmm. at some photos. Do you have good, high quality photos that you can use for your website? I'm not talking, get rid of the selfies. Yeah. (laughs) I love your selfies, but they're not for your website. Yeah. This is a time that you do want to invest in a brand photo shoot Mm -hmm. and really choose the photos or the aesthetic based off of your brand. So you'll start to notice it's a ripple effect from your brand. If you don't have that, you have no idea. You could go into a photo shoot, have warm tones, cool tones, and it doesn't really match. Yeah. So brand photo shoot, once you have that, you're clear on 
your offers, your target audience, it's time to write your website copy. Now, some people do this flip-flop. It depends on how you work, how you learn. Some people like to write their copy first. I like to write my copy first. And then some people like to use a template Mm -hmm. and write their copy to fit the template. Mm -hmm. It really depends on how you work. I like to write my copy in a Google Doc based off of the structure of the pages. So I know it's strategically laid out versus Mm -hmm. like before I go in and do the design. Mm -hmm. So I would say branding, brand photo shoot, website copy, and then you're ready to either... DIY it, get uh-huh. a template or invest in a web designer. Yeah. And it was kind of funny. You're saying some people, you know, write the copy first and then plug it in or they do the opposite. I was the opposite. I like to look at the template and then like, okay, this is the types of copy sections I need <laughs> yeah. then go. But that's also too, because like, that's just not how my brain works. Right. I'm not a creative yep. and I have to have some structure to what I'm doing. And another thing that you just touched on was the brand photo shoots, which was actually mm-hmm. really hard for me too, was to go to a photographer and say, I need photos for my brand, oh, yeah. for my website. Like that was really hard for me. I didn't know how to articulate what I needed or what would even look good on my website. And so do you have some tips as far as maybe you even have like a checklist of things to bring to your photographer, what like your needs for your website? Because that was something I really struggled with when I built my website. I literally, yeah. my husband at the, well, my boyfriend, he was my boyfriend at the time. Literally, we just like went out and about around town. He just like took my pictures everywhere <laughs> and we just like plugged them in all over my website. Just take my picture. Yeah. It was, yeah. Bless his soul for spending like half his day doing that for me, but don't recommend that. That's not a good strategy. So, uh, Hey, you got to do what you got to do. And hey, I'm yeah. all about mm-hmm. bootstrapping. Yeah. Like, that's exactly get it what done. it was. Yep. If you're looking for some like tips before you, cause it's an investment, like yeah, brand photo shoots, they range from, you know, 400 and up. I don't know, yeah. but a few tips would probably be bring your brand guide or send it to your photographer mm-hmm. and then create a Pinterest board of certain poses that you like or feel like really represent you like obviously there's certain poses that I would not do like you would not catch me dead doing certain things yeah so I created a Pinterest board of the vibe that I was going for as Mm -hmm. well as the poses Mm -hmm. that I could refer back to because another thing about me like I'm like can you tell me what to do like I don't I don't know how to pose but if you have references to refer back to yeah super helpful for both of you yeah Now, when it comes to like the vibe and the aesthetic, when you look at your brand guide, you should see like, is it more cool tones, more warm tones? If it's cool tone, a cloudy day, like bright, airy photos will be perfect. Mm -hmm. If you have more warm tones in your color palette, um, maybe golden hour is mm-hmm. a better time. You know, the sun, the yeah. golden sun. Oh, that's beautiful lighting. Yeah, I never even, even thought of that, honestly. Like, this is just obviously, it doesn't shock me that I didn't <laughs> think of this. But like, okay, I should have thought of these things. <laughs> yeah. I made my shot list for my website. But yeah, you can communicate that with your photographer. And then it comes down to your outfits. Again, if you're like pinks and browns, You're not going to wear a bright blue sweater. You want to match your outfits to your color palette. And Mm -hmm. one thing about me, I my all my clothes that I buy now are in my color palette. Mm -hmm. I don't even like rarely buy outside of my color palette. I literally, at the time of this recording, you guys can't see this, but I am in a colored shirt 
which is unheard of my <laughs> color tone, like my color palette at home is like gray and Navy blue and maybe a, like a sage green once in a while or white and black. I don't wear color. Yeah. I think that's another thing that's important to note is you still want it to feel like you, because like, mm-hmm. if you try like, Oh, I really like these pictures, but they're, you know, wearing stuff you would never wear or, yeah. you know, and you go back and look at the pictures like, yeah, they look good, but this isn't me. Like, this doesn't yeah. feel like me. I've had that happen to me before too. <laughs> well, I think when people first start out, they think like, oh, I need to look professional. Yeah. Like I need a blazer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I actually caught myself wanting to wear a blazer to these networking events. Cause other girls were, I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. like, this isn't even me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I threw out the blazer and I'm like, I'm just going to show up leggings, a nice shirt my boots that I love. Like, this is me. This is, I'm confident, you know, show up as you are. You don't have to wear a blazer if you don't wear, and if you do blazers are super cute. Yeah. Um, but you know, just show up as you. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Um, and I know we just kind of like talked about naturally some of these things like struggle points, but what are some things that you see people in the online space struggling with when it comes to creating their website? So like, for example, I just talked about like the photo piece. It was hard for me, or, you know, yeah. I had to have a strategic method for my copy. I needed a templated process for that because that's not something that I'm good at. And, you know, I wasn't maybe something I could outsource at the time or, you know, are there other areas that you typically see people struggling when it comes to, you know, either DIYing their website with a template, or even when they come to you, like maybe there's homework items or things that they need to do for you that you've seen people typically struggle a little bit more with. Yeah. I would say it's mainly the copy. Yeah. And a lot of people are at the point of, I can't do a copywriter and a web designer. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? Yeah. And so we actually provide like copy framework for our clients, nice. okay. you know, Hey, here's what needs to go on a homepage. Mm-hmm. And we found that it helps them at least guide them through yes. and probably 95% of our clients can write, you know, they figure it out. They can mm-hmm. write their own copy if, and only if you are clear on who you serve, how you serve them, all the nitty gritty details before you get to that point. We actually will not work with someone who's not clear on their target audience. They're just not ready yet. Yep. I totally agree. I even like, I would run into that issue when I was trying to scale my business or like make decisions for my business, not necessarily from a brand perspective, but like what was my vision? Like I, yeah. when I first started my business, I'm like, I don't need a, a vision statement or <laughs> like I don't vision planning. I don't need to do any of that. Like that's fluffy. Right. Yeah. But what I found was when it came to making decisions for my business, I had no idea what were good or bad decisions for my business because I didn't know where I wanted it to go. And yeah. so I was just kind of like randomly making decisions. And I was just kind of in this like hamster wheel of decision-making and wasn't really going anywhere. Um, and so that's the same thing, right? Like you have to know who your audience is. You have to know who your ideal client is because then you can know who you're speaking to. Right. And that's, what's going to, you know, build that no, like trust factor and convert people help with your brand identity, all that good stuff. And I'm glad you said that because it also helps with shiny object syndrome. Yes. When you know the vision and you know where you want to go, the moment a shiny object comes up, you can acknowledge it and be like, Oh yeah, that's fun. That's cool. I'm going to put that aside in this little box of shiny objects. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue on what I'm working on. And then when I have time, I'm going to revisit this and see if it actually fits the direction we're going. Yeah. What I always tell like my team, because I'm always transparent with my team about opportunities that may or may not come across the table for us as a business. And 
I always use the example of like a Cosmo magazine quiz as a way to kind of describe <laughs> it. You know, how, like you would go through those quizzes, like, yeah. uh, okay, here's the, the question. Yes or no. And then based on that answer, you would continue to go through this web of questions. Yeah. I always looked at it from that perspective. Like I'd have this, okay. Like you said, shiny object syndrome, that, oh, this shiny opportunity showed up. Does this opportunity get me closer to my long-term end goal? Right. Yeah. You know, if it's a yes, great. Let's head down that path. If it's a no, then if it's only going to serve me right now, then I typically will try to avoid that. I mean, obviously there are instances where that may be, you may be flexible with it. That's fine. But that's what I try to use as a decision-making web, so to speak mm -hmm. mind of, okay, how do I know if this is a good fit for me and my business? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always think of those Cosmo magazine quizzes. I don't know if still, still a thing, but I used they, to were, <laughs> they were, they <laughs> were. Okay. So obviously like we're big systems people and I know that great systems people. Great. Thank you. <laughs> we pride ourselves on trying to do a phenomenal job for people, but, um, I know that running an agency because that's also what we do requires a lot of structure in order to deliver, you know, not only a good experience for your team, but a great experience for your clients while keeping the internal operations of the business running. So how has the importance of systems contributed to how you run your agency and how have they really impacted the trajectory of your business? Tremendously. <laughs> so like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, oh my gosh. This is like a loaded question. I know it's, it's heavy. <laughs> you need systems in your business, whether you are an agency or not. Let me just give you an example. When I first started as like just me as a web designer, Yes, I had like a process, but I was also trying to figure out this whole web design mm -hmm. thing and how I was going to structure my pricing, delivery, onboarding, offboarding, all these little things. And to the outside world, it looked like I had it all figured out. Like people were still like, oh, this is cool. And in my head, I'm like, this is a mess. Yeah, like, shit show. Yeah. I'm having to work overtime just to put all these pieces together. And I think as a business owner, you need to tap into the part of your brain that how can we make things easier, more simple, and more efficient? Yes, I'm a creative, but I'm also very, how can I make things more efficient? Yeah. How can I set things up so we don't have to take as much time, mm -hmm. decrease time, increase profits? Mm -hmm. So systems allow you to do that. And for us, it was ClickUp. Like yeah. we tried everything out there and yeah. came back to ClickUp. <laughs> But we set something up and then it improved over time. So I think that's another thing for systems. It's not going to be perfect. Um, you're going to improve it over time and you're going to create something, try it for a few weeks and realize this doesn't work and scratch it, rebuild it. Last year was our big focus on systems. And I think we've got it to a point where it's a pretty, what is like well-oiled machine, well-oiled machine. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows what happens when a client signs on to when we offboard a client yeah. and then maybe continue keeping up with them, mm -hmm. the whole process, everyone knows what to do. Yeah. Flushed out. And I think the thing about systems too, is, you know, you can make it without it for a little bit. 
But what's going to happen is your business is going to plateau because there's only so much that you can take on by yourself or with a certain amount of people on your team or with certain systems and processes in place. And you're going to get to a point where your income becomes stagnant because you can't take on, you don't have the capacity to continue to scale and grow because those systems are not outlined and built to support that structure in your business. So typically when we have clients come to us for system support, it's either they have grown really, really quickly without Mm -hmm. having systems in place. And they're in this like hamster wheel of like, I don't even have time to build systems because we're so overloaded or they're, you know, a little bit more on the proactive side, um, which is most of the time (laughs) I was not. Yeah. Well, most of the time it's not, those are typically the outlier clients that they're proactive. Like, Hey, I know this is where I want my business to go. And I want to go ahead and set the systems up to grow and scale with where I want my business to be. Um, nine times out of 10, it's more of like, Hey, we scaled really quickly and we're not anticipating it help, you know, but it's necessary from either way. And it's still, it's a fixable no matter which side of the spectrum you're on, but it is really, really important and to be able to step away, right? Like yeah, I'm that's coming huge. back from like a maternity leave and that would not have been possible at all. If I hadn't have built systems in my business, I would have had to pause my business indefinitely if it wasn't for having systems for my team to follow. If I hadn't had that built out. Yeah, I think the same goes for me. Like when I first started, I was working Monday through Sunday. If I took time off, I was stressed to the max Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what to do. And like with my mom being sick, I wouldn't have been able to be there fully present or be able to travel or take time off if it wasn't for systems. Or I took a, well, I was gone back to Nebraska for a month, two months. There's no way I would have been able to do that. Mm -mm. And then I took like, I think it was a week vacation. And I'm like, oh my God, like I don't have to check emails. Yeah, Yeah. Uh nothing burned down. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was amazing. I remember the first vacation that I took after I had been running my business for like three years at the time. And I took my first vacation finally where I completely unplugged. I did not check Slack. I didn't check anything. And I came back and I was like, my business not only continued to run, (laughs) but it thrived. Like it was fine. Nothing happened. And it was like the most freeing feeling to finally be able to like unglue my butt from the seat, so to speak. Yeah. Um, because that's where I was for the longest time. And that really helped to pull myself out of that like cycle, um, Mm -hmm. and be able to feel like human again and not completely strapped to my business. Yeah. It's huge. I love systems now. Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) it took a little convincing for a little bit, but we're finally there. We're finally there. Yeah. Um, well, Courtney, it's been such a pleasure talking with you today. And before I dive into our rapid fire questions, um, go ahead and let's tell people where they can get in contact with you. If they're interested in working with you, how they can get in touch. Yeah. So you can go to my website, CourtneyMarieCo.com or just come hang out on Instagram, CourtneyMarie.me. I'll um, include some free resources for your audience below. You beat me to the punch. They'll be on the show notes. And I think the do-it-yourself brand guide was one of the things that you mentioned you were going to include, I think. Yeah, I think that'll be really helpful. I'm excited to share that. And it's just, I think there's a big need for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, well, here's some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I hope so. Okay. (laughs) What is your favorite TV show? Oh my gosh, really? (laughs) Hardest one ever, right? Right out the gate. Oh, I have so many. Can I name a couple? Yeah. Name your like favorite three right now. Okay. Well, classics. We got to go with the classics. Grey's Anatomy, Vampire Diaries, (laughs) and um, 
Oh, I mean, The Bachelor. Can I just be hey, traditional? Yeah, I hey, I I still I'll admit it. I still watch it for entertainment purposes. I mean, I guess that's what it's for, anyways. No matter how much I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna watch it next time. I still I know, always same. do. Same. <laughs> I still do. Yeah. Um. Okay. What is your favorite meal? Like, if it was your last meal, what would it be? Oh well, these are hard. I know. Meal or same food group. <laughs> You, okay, food group. We'll give you right. an easier Mexican out. food. You okay. can you can spice it up whichever yeah. way you want. <laughs> Dream travel location. Uh, probably the how do you say it? Maldives. Yeah, Maldives. Nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, what are you currently reading? The Story Brand. Okay, I actually read that book. Yeah, building a story brand. Okay, and then what is this last one? What was the first career you dreamed of having as a child? fashion designer or actually no 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 it was working at a fashion magazine like as a graphic designer yours is a little bit more uh professional than mine I wanted to be Indiana Jones so (laughs) okay well I guess I was going like (laughs) I don't know maybe a singer when I was super little I wanted to be in like I wanted to be like an archaeologist but like the one that traveled and had all the adventures just like Indiana Jones I was like obsessed with like Egyptian history and culture and I was like convinced that I, you know, have you guys, have you seen the mummy, like the movie, the mummy? Yeah. And the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. Okay. So you've seen it all. You know what I'm talking about. They're good. I was like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be those people. Get the egg. Yes. That was me. (laughs) So little, you know, fun fact of this Courtney is yeah. Indiana Jones wannabe. I I may or may not still have that dream somewhere deep down. (laughs) You should be that for Halloween. Great idea. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I always need a little (laughs) Halloween inspo each year. I struggle with that. I'll just carry a Cosmo magazine. And- there you go. <laughs> it was your fashion design magazine. What was a ma- fashion magazine that you wanted to work yeah. at? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Well, Court, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're super excited to have you and as always love the conversation. So, um, like I said, you guys, if you uh, want to get in touch with her, everything's going to be linked in the show notes. Um, she's a phenomenal designer, um, and just an all around great person. So love Courtney to death. Um, if you guys have any questions about anything, feel free to shoot her a DM, shoot us a DM. Otherwise we will see you guys on next week's episode. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.